Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio getting ready to record episode number 127. We're going to talk about the coach's kid today. Before we do that, let's talk about the Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to have Anderson Bat Company as our presenting sponsor. Anderson Bat Company is using the latest and greatest bat technology to corner the market in the fast pitch world. They have the minus 9 rocket tech, the minus 10 carbon, and the minus 11 carbon light. Anderson Bat Company is using this technology to put a high-performing bat in the hands of hitters that really know the difference between a good bat and a great bat. We're also working with Anderson to provide a discount for all of our listeners. Go to the Anderson Bat Company website and order your bats. Use the EFP20 discount, which is for everything fast pitch, and you'll get a 20% discount. It's a great way for you to save a little bit of money on a great bat and also help support everything fast pitch at the same time. And please make sure you take advantage of that EFP20. It really does a great job of helping to support everything fast pitch and coach prep. It's going to save you some extra money on a great bat also. Let's go to patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. We've got a great group of patrons. We truly do appreciate them. They are the people that have kept this podcast on the airwaves, but we're trying to do some upgrades. We're trying to do some new things and some extra financial support would be great. If you see value in what we're doing, if you appreciate what we're doing, and there's thousands of you that listen, so we certainly would love to see a few more people come on board as patrons. Go to patreon.com slash everything fast pitch, and it all gets explained to you there. So, Don, the coach's kid. Right. No, the coach's kid has uh, a lot of pressure on them, I think, from a performance standpoint to uh, just being a, an important part of practice, right? Yep. Yeah. Well, there's a couple things. So obviously the vast majority of people who coach in the travel ball rec league sphere are doing it because they have a child that plays and they want that child to have, you know, a good, good coaching and a good experience. Yeah. And we're not talking about the you know the whole daddy ball argument that we've had no, before no, no, no. because no. to me, you know, that whole thing gets so aggravating because if we didn't have moms and dads coaching teams, no, we'd have no teams. no coaches, yeah. But when we talk about the coach's kid, there's some things that we have to understand. When our kid is playing for us, there's a certain level of pressure and expectation that goes along with that, and there's a whole bunch of things that we need to be thinking about to make sure that we're working really hard to avoid that we're doing a really good job of preventing some of these scenarios from developing and taking place. The first one that I talk about all the time is because of the whole daddy ball stigma is the number of dad coaches that I see that are absolutely terrible and rough and mean-spirited to their own kids prove to everybody, see, I'm harder on my own kid than I am on anybody else. Sure. So there's no daddy ball going on here. So that one to me is kind of heartbreaking because it's already hard enough to be a kid. It's hard enough to be a kid who's playing for their parent, but then to have your parent make you the scapegoat, the the, the whipping girl of the of the team to prove that so, you're going to be so tough on them that it's justified that they can be tough on some of the other kids too. Right. And for our coaches, here's what I want you to think about. What message does it send to those other kids? So I'm going to be super hard, super rough, super tough on my own kid to prove that I'm going to you know, not have a favoritism situation, that those kids are sitting back thinking, wow, if he treats his own kid like that, I wonder what's really going on. I wonder what he really wants to say to me or she really wants to say to me. And I think that's something that we have to... Because obviously they, they're holding back because I do make mistakes just like 
their child. Right. And yeah. in some cases, maybe even more mistakes, more, even right? more serious mistakes. So the whole idea of showing the world that I'm you know, not favoring my kid by being a jerk to your kid, I think that's a bad idea. And we need to, we need to put that one to bed right away. There's other things that we need to be aware of that when we're organizing our teams and, and working with our kids within the structure of the team that we have to always be paying attention to. And we see these kinds of things happen all the time, that we have players who expect that our child knows things, is in the know, overhears things, is aware of things. We have to make sure that if we're having team discussions, if we're talking about decisions within the team, if we're talking about who plays and who doesn't, if we're talking about players' strengths and weaknesses, that we're not including our own child in those discussions. Because just think about the tough spot you're putting your daughter in. That gets if, tricky. Right. If on the ride home, <laughs> mom and dad are talking about, I can't believe Sally's so weak. I can't believe Sally's such a terrible player. I can't believe Sally needs to, you know, she needs to work on this, she needs to work on that. For your player to be listening to you talking about one of her teammates, and overhearing all these things, and then one not sharing sharing it, yep. or or feeling like she has to protect you um, from that player. And I, and I think about this one all the time, Don, and you'll get a chuckle out of this. When Terry and I were coaching at at Parkside, we, you know, and Chuck was with us a lot. Chuck was very young then; he was you know, <laughs> maybe, you know six, seven, eight years old. And we were riding home from practice one day, and I was just going on a rant about one of the players. I can't believe you know she's you know, not working harder. I can't believe she's you know. Going on and on and on, and it was, I don't know, you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes of me just, you know, ranting and, and, and carping to Terry about how, you know, we I'm had smiling to get, already because Chuck's amazing. And Chuck's in the and, back yeah. seat sitting in his, in his car seat, and he chimes in the first chance he gets like, she's doing the best she can. You need to give her a break. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, and that wasn't him, you know, defending one of his teammates. That was him just defending one of the girls on the team that he loved. Right. And, but then thinking about you know, he wasn't quite in the same position, but just imagine if, you know, the next time we're on a bus trip someplace and Chuck's in the back playing cards with that player, how hard is it for him not to, you can't believe what my dad said about you on the ride home. Right. But I stuck up for you. I stuck up for you, but, you know, but my dad thinks that your backhand is terrible or my dad thinks that you're a weak hitter. And like, so if we're bunt down, right. So, so, you know, that kind of always reminds me of this whole you know, having a filter on what we're saying and how we're handling our team discussions around the kids. Around the kids. Yeah. So that's another one that and that's hard to do to. because they're there often or all the time. Right. Yeah. So another one is we have to make sure that our our daughter doesn't get turned into like a go between between me the, and the, the team. messenger. Right. We don't want her to have to be the messenger that's de- delivering what we really think. We don't want it to be on one level. I'm saying one thing to a pl- to a player, saying one thing to the team. But then our team is going to our daughter behind the scenes going, yeah, hey, but what's he really mean? What's mm-hmm. he really saying? What does he really want? That kind of thing. Because that's a pretty tough place, again, to be putting our, our child, who's also a teammate, who's also a player on our team, in her relationship with the teammates that she's interacting with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Another one is we shouldn't expect our player to be some sort of an assistant coach, and we shouldn't allow our player to think she is. I think we need to be super cautious with that one because it's easy as the coach to tell your daughter to go make sure the different stations get set up, to go make sure the team does their stretching, to make sure the team does whatever it is that's needed needed next because then they start to end up being someone that uh, 
is giving direction all the time. Right. And that could be very uh, resented and frowned upon by the rest of the group, possibly. Right. Yeah. And, and I think it's just kind of human nature If you, as a coach. If you know your kid knows something, you know, if you've spent enough time working on it at the house that you think, um, you know, she's really got this drill down pat, in some ways it might feel easier to let her demonstrate it or let her lead it and all those kinds of things. And every once in a while, something like that's probably okay. But if it starts to turn into my kid is an extension of me and she's always like, you know, the next person in the pecking order, the food chain of who's in charge, it puts that player again in a pretty un- uh, uncomfortable, awkward position because she's really a teammate, not an assistant coach. And now it's okay to use all the players, I think, if you spread that out and yes. everybody gets a chance to set up the stations. Everybody gets a chance to demonstrate a drill once in a while. You pick on everybody, pick out everybody at different times to lead different things that they're strong at. That's great. But if if we turn our player, our daughter, into that almost assistant coach kind of position, I think we're going to regret that because I think it puts them in a pretty bad position. No, I think what you said in terms of sharing or spreading that out, as long as it's not seen as as uh, that daughter or that coach's player, always being the one that says, hey, make sure you go do this. Make sure you get yeah. there. You need to do that. You shouldn't be doing this. You being the assistant coach. Right. right? And, and and again, it's it's one of those things. I think it also ties back to what we just talked about with the, if she's listening to us talking about every player's weaknesses all the time, it's just human nature for her to think she knows the answers. Right. If she's listening to us talk about the solutions, it's real easy for her to think that it's her place to jump in there with the answers. And it's a fine line because we would like all our players to be helpful with each other. We would like all our players to be aware of what's going on and to you know kind of help each other and, 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 and work yeah, with each other. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with a player on a team saying, hey, you know, it kind of looks like you're doing this different today than you did it last time. You know, when you're hitting the ball really good, it looks like you do this and you're struggling a little bit, you know, now and it looks like this is happening instead. There's nothing wrong with that happening on a regular basis. But again, that's something that needs to be encouraged amongst all All teammates and all players. You know, we talk about, you know, the very best teams I've ever had. Every player felt like they were an assistant coach. But the key to that was every player. Right. If it's a player, that player is going to get singled out and they're not going to be very popular for very long. No, and it's just going to be more pressure and more challenging and difficult, especially as time goes on and people are going to resent it and not want to be a part of it. Right. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that, you know, Terry and I made this choice when Chuck was very young. When he was playing baseball, neither one of us ever coached his baseball team. The reason we did that was really simple. Even though we were softball coaches, everybody expected that because we were professional softball coaches that our son should be a great baseball player. Right. And the reality of it was Chuck was a much better soccer player than baseball player all along. And, you know, in Tennessee, it ended up uh, being a tough choice because at the high school level there, the softball and soccer were the same season. And his freshman year, he picked baseball because he thought I wanted him to. And he kind of picked baseball because some of the coaches were leaning on him to do it because they thought he was going to be this amazing baseball player because mom and dad were coaches. Well, we had to have the heart-to-heart talks like, dude, you like soccer better. Why are you playing baseball? Well, everybody wants me to because you're a a softball coach. They think I'm better at it. Like, well, what do you want to do? Like, I like soccer better. Like, well, then play soccer. Right. Okay. But now that's a a different kind of a situation, but it was kind of the same thing, you know, that the pressure on him to choose baseball and to be great at it because we were coaches, was a pretty heavy load to carry. And again, can you imagine if 
everybody expects you to be great because your dad's the coach and then you're not great that day. It's already tough. It's already hard. Yeah. And so now, and the last thing, and this is something that every player I think has to be aware of and coaches we need to be aware of when we're looking at how our players are interacting with their teammates. If we're not doing a really good job with some of these other things, it's not hard to imagine that your kid becomes the I really am kind of in charge personality. I really am kind of the the boss behind the scenes. I'm the boss when the boss isn't here. They're kind of they're at a, yeah. I was gonna say they're learning things and they're not sure about what's supposed to be right. expected each day. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's one of those really and if fine you're lines. not if you're not there and they're doing things on their own, what is it that they're doing on their own? Right. And and I tell this joke all the time that there's a fine line between being a smart ass and being a dumbass. Sure. Right. I mean you know it, it, you. you both of them are, are not too far removed from each other. Well, the same thing is true that there's, a fine, there's yeah. a fine line between being a helpful teammate and a bossy personality. There's a fine line between being a helpful teammate and somebody who doesn't know the line and crosses it all the time and is bossing me around and telling me what to do when they necessarily aren't even better at it or, or even doing it right themselves. And even if the intentions are, are good, Tori, when you're 12, 13, 14 years old, it can come across completely the wrong way. Right. Even if their intentions are perfect. Right. It's still going to be, yeah, well, and, a and, challenge. And honestly, let, let, let's think about this. Even as an adult, you know, if somebody's trying to tell me something about hitting, there's times that, you know, deep down inside part of me is like, well, who the heck do you think you're talking to? Right. You know, who do you think you are telling me this? And unfortunately, I've gotten to the point now in my life where I'm smart enough to know that there's a lot of people who know a lot of stuff. So I try to listen to everybody, but I'm 60, 61, yep. right? When I was 16, if I thought I was right, it didn't matter who thought they were going to help me do it better. I was going to resist and fight back and get angry about it. And so, you know, so we just have to keep all these things in, in perspective because we know the vast majority of you coaches are coaching because you want to coach your child. We want to make sure we're thinking about all this stuff so that it's as smooth and as fun and as positive and successful as it can possibly be. We want it to be smooth sailing. We don't want it to be bumpy, you know, rocky, rocky water. So if it's even if it's easier just to tell your daughter to go and make something happen, check yourself. Check yourself. Yep. Once in Catch. a while, fine. If it's an everyday thing, if yep. it's an every practice thing, if it's a three or four times at practice thing. Let's. Let's spread it out. We're, we're, we're headed for some trouble. Get your and, assistant coaches to, yeah. yeah. And the reality of it is, is you might not even realize that the person that's being hurt the most is your own child. Right. And so that's the thing. We don't want her to be unhappy or miserable because of things that we're kind of ignoring or them. not paying attention yeah. to. So, all right, so that's going to wrap up number 127. We hope you enjoyed that. We're always looking for suggestions and ideas. If you've got some ideas, things you would like us to talk about, reach out to us at everythingfastpitch at gmail.com or fastpitchprep at gmail.com. Make sure you check out Anderson Bat, patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. Go to the fastpitchprep.com website or to your Square Cuts training disc. Check out the blog. Check out the YouTube channel. We would love for you to do that. So for Coach Don McKinley and our producer Stan Lewis, this is Coach Tori saying thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week.